Welcome to Grow Chats 2020, short chats about the Bible, prayer, songs, books and life. Use this chat to prompt a conversation with someone in your life. Today's episode is a special prayer chat on Hebrews 3, where Olivia talks with Fiona Miller about praying it with children and young people. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss further episodes. Hello, and thanks for joining us for this chat as we talk about praying for the kids and teens in our families and our church, especially through a more difficult or uncomfortable passage like Hebrews 3. So to talk us through this today, we have Fiona Miller joining us. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Olivia. It's lovely to be with you. Now, when we were preparing for this, Fiona, you shared with me how thankful you were that your parents taught you about prayer. And I love that story. So can you share that with us now as it's a great reminder of modelling prayer, not just to children, but to all of those around us? Of course. My parents really showed me that talking to God is both a treat and a battle, that it's the shape of our lives as God's needy, dependent children. So when we were little, when we heard an ambulance, we prayed. Yeah, we do that too. Anytime we hear a siren. And another thing we try and do is anytime I get a text message or a phone call from someone asking for prayer, um, we actually stop and pray about it right then and there. Because often you might say, you text back, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then you end up forgetting where if we actually stop and do it right then and there. And I found that it's been a great witness too. We often, well, at least before COVID, we would have friends and family staying with us from overseas. And they've seen us stop whatever we do and pray for others. And that's had a real impact on them too. That's beautiful. It's prayer as a reflex response to whatever's going on in life. And that was what it was for us. It was more than just emergency arrow prayers. When we got good news, we prayed, thank you, God. We brought our needs and our concerns and our fears and our doubts to our Heavenly Father. And actually, we prayed for the world around the breakfast table every morning. It was a helpful reminder each day to me that I'm not, in fact, the centre of the universe. I love that idea because it's so easy to be me focused and that's what the world kind of teaches us. It's all about me. Yet reality, that's not what life's about. I'm not sure it's something we can incorporate at breakfast time though, as it's very much a fend for yourself (laughs) at our place now that the girls are older. But yeah, I'm going to give it a go around the dinner table because we do manage to sit down there and have a family dinner. I think too that praying big prayers for countries and governments as well as missionaries to our great and awesome God, I grew to delight in the fact that God's given us a job to do in praying for our brothers and sisters all over the world. And I really thank my mum and dad for teaching me that. Yeah, it's such an awesome privilege, isn't it? And yeah, thank you to your parents who modelled prayer so beautifully to you when you were growing up. Hmm. So for this chat, we're focusing on Hebrews 3. So before we talk about how to pray this for our kids, Can you briefly share how Hebrews 3 has struck you personally? Well, when I first read through Hebrews 3, I thought that the chapter really divided into two bits. A yay, look at our precious Lord Jesus and see a little more of his majesty and bow down in awe and worship. And then a yuck. This is really scary, stomach churning stuff. It's a warning that freaked me out as a child because I really thought if I messed up, I'd miss out on God's plan for my life. I'd never enter his rest and I'd spend my life in misery in the wilderness. So can I start with the yay? What was great? Yeah, go for it. Well, I'm reminded that <laughs> good. I'm reminded that God's made us holy. And this just takes my breath away. I'm so aware of my sin and my need for Jesus that it's a beautiful thing that God's already cleaned me up. 
and sees me as holy in his sight. And then I'm encouraged to fix my eyes on Jesus. And as I considered Jesus in Hebrews 3 and reflected on the comparison with Moses, whose intimacy with God was incredible. Moses was the man that God spoke to face to face as someone speaks to a friend. I realized that what the writer of the Hebrews is saying is, look at Moses, he's great. And then consider how great Jesus is because Jesus made Moses. And the glory of Jesus became that little bit more real to me. Just as Moses is a servant in God's house, Jesus is the son. So he's not just the maker, but the owner, the ruler, the provider for Moses and for me. So I saw so much of Jesus, God's glory on display. Yeah, I love that insight. Like I always knew and understood that the Jews hold Moses with such high regard and hear the writer saying Jesus is greater than Moses. But I never really thought deeper about the intimacy that Moses had with God. And yeah, and that Jesus made Moses. That's just, yeah, thanks for that insight. I think too, seeing more of Jesus in this chapter helps me to hold fast as verse 6 puts it. Because I am prone to wonder, but as I grasp more of who Jesus is, I just want to be with him and to know the safety and security and delight of his presence and his peace and his power in my life. And that's beautiful. Yeah, we're all prone to wonder. But as you said, the antidote to that is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Absolutely. Now, what about the yuck part? (laughs) Well, the warning here is one that just stops me in my tracks. Look at Israel, Fiona, and don't be like them. I think for me, the fear of being shut out of God's eternal kingdom is the worst thing ever. The Israelites' problem was that they didn't trust God's goodness to lead and protect and provide and satisfy. And sadly, I can look at points in my life and say, that's me. My weak and sinful heart has doubted God's kindness, has Mm -hmm. wanted to take control for me, or have looked to other things to satisfy me. But this is where we have to be careful about how we read scripture, isn't it? Because the warning here is not, don't mess up or you're out. And that's such a relief. Actually, having a tender conscience and being sin aware are marks of a true follower of Jesus. And so the warning here is for people who think that they're all good, that they're all right. And the warnings don't underestimate how quickly our human hearts can stray from Jesus to other things. Proverbs 4.23 simply says, Watch your heart. Everything you do flows from it. Yeah, we're all inherently sinful, aren't we? And it's just so easy to let our guards down. And, yeah, we do have to watch our heart. Yeah, and the warning here is for people that don't even think they have to watch them. And it's an encouragement to people like us to treasure Jesus, to keep examining our hearts and to come back to him when we mess up, knowing that he's the one that keeps us. And so we encourage each other daily, just like we're doing now all of us every day his encouragement softens our hearts as we delight in Jesus together yeah so you're involved with the kids ministry at your church and RI in schools and also with kids ministry at the bible college at QTC and I know this is something you're really passionate about so how can the whole church family go about praying for and with our children and teens in her book praying through the bible for your kids Nancy Guthrie reminds parents that before we ever begin to pray for our children, we actually need God to show us his ways and we need God to help us delight in his ways so that we desire those things for our kids. Not nice friends or the top reading group, but God's ways. 
And she reminds all of us as adults that we need God's word to challenge and change us because we can be tempted to think it's only the child or the teenager we're praying for that needs to change. It's great for children and teenagers to hear us as adults confess our sins, admit our fears and weaknesses, ask for God to help us believe, to love and to obey in the ways we encourage them to pray for things. We don't want them to get the wrong idea that we actually grow out of needing Jesus. I remember seeing my mum weep openly during a confessional prayer in church one Sunday when I was about eight, and the impact on me was huge. She was really sorry that she'd hurt her precious saviour, and that soft-hearted sorrow over sin showed me what it's like to love Jesus first and best. Yeah, that personal vulnerability is so important, and we need to show the children that you know we need Jesus too. It's not just them. We continually need, need Jesus in our lives. Absolutely. There's a sense in which the way we pray with kids and teens will be exactly the same as the way that we pray with adults. Natural, shaped by God's word and expressed in language that's easy to understand. Of course, there are things we won't pray or share with children, but we do want to be vulnerable and not to dumb down what we say in a way that actually makes God seem smaller. So it's distilled essence not watered down cordial. (laughs) Can you give us some examples, flesh that out a bit? Absolutely. With little children, it's great to pray short prayers and to pray often. Thanking God for the ice cream, the dog they padded on the walk, the Xbox, in the moment, helping children to recognize that the whole earth is the Lord and everything in it. And just as Jesus made Moses, so he made us and all that is good in our lives and in their lives. It's great to pray prayers that they can learn and say at specific times. So, for example, as we're reading Hebrews 3, before we read the Bible, we can pray, Dear God, thank you for the Bible. Please speak to us by your Holy Spirit as we read it. Please show us Jesus and help us to love and obey him. Amen. And that's a prayer they can learn off by heart and say every time they read the Bible, whether it's on their own or in small groups and for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's it. We all need to be praying that, not just not just our young people, but as adults as well. Absolutely. And with all ages, it's great to make praying part of everyday routine. In this time of COVID, every time we wash our hands, we can ask God to clean us up on the inside. Whenever we text a friend, we encourage our girls to pray for our, their friends too. When we can't sleep, we pray for everyone on our street or in our class or that we work with. When leaving for school in the morning, we say, dear God, please help us to remember we belong to you. Please protect us. We need you. Thank you that you promised to be with us every minute of today. Please help us to show and tell others how great Jesus is. Thanks for that, Fiona. They're really helpful stuff and some great examples there. So let's talk about specifically more Hebrews 3, how would you go about praying that with kids and teens? Begin by praying for them. I think that they would fix their eyes on Jesus. This is the big idea of the whole chapter, isn't it? That they pause and wonder and worship because Jesus is worthy. I think lots of our kids and teens know a lot about Jesus, but they aren't very impressed by him or excited about him or really thrilled about the fact that he loves them. And that's a big problem and one that only the Holy Spirit can fix. So we need to pray for their hearts that they will worship Jesus. 
And I think praying with them as they thank God for all their favorite people and things, it's great just to be able to affirm that it's all made by Jesus, isn't it? And often little children's prayers are full of the things that they are thankful for. And it's great just to remind them that there's nothing that is outside Jesus' creatorly touch, that he is the maker of all things. And then with teenagers, um, as we look at how amazing Jesus is in every part of the Bible, every time we find something new about Jesus, we can add it to a prayer wall of sticky notes as we thank God for who Jesus is. So from Hebrews 3, we would get he's our maker, he's our owner, he's our ruler, he's our provider. He's our apostle and he's our high priest. That's very rich, isn't it? And that's just one chapter of one book from the Bible. Because we never kind of get to the end of thanking God for how amazing Jesus is. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that idea. I might do that at home with my girls because sometimes they get kind of stuck and just saying, oh, thank you, God and Jesus at your creator and then move on and can't come up with what else God has done and what Jesus has done. But by having that prayer wall there that they can look at, and yeah, every time you find something in the Bible, put something else on that wall. I think that's an awesome idea. And then one of the beautifully affirming things I'd want to pray and for and with our, our kids and teens is about their identity. I'd be thanking God that if we've trusted Jesus, we have been made holy. I'm not sure how many children who are following Jesus actually have any real sense of this. Right now, the world says we get to decide who we are. But Hebrews 3 says God made you through his son, Jesus. And if you trust him, you're part of his forever family and you are holy. That's beautiful. Yeah, amen. That's so true. And you're right, so important for our current current time. And almost flowing from that, we want to pray that they'll have a sense of purpose, that their hearts and minds would be fixed on this heavenly calling. I think in the fragility and uncertainty of life in our broken world right now, it's hard in new ways for our current teens and kids. So knowing that they belong to Jesus and being confident that they're headed for heaven to enjoy him forever brings meaning and certainty and purpose, which isn't dependent on circumstance. Yeah, that's such great stuff, Fiona. Thank you. But we can't stop there, can we? We need to pray about the yuck part of the chapter too, the warnings about hardening our hearts. And I think we do often tend to skip over those parts. And especially in kids' church and with youth and things and, and pretend that they're not there. But we shouldn't. And as it says in Second Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So how do we pray through the yuck parts? Well, I think we want the kids that, to be convinced, as we're convinced, that there's nothing better than spending every minute of every day living for Jesus and nothing worse than being separated from him. And this chapter brings us a warning about being separated from him, doesn't it? Um, And Colin Buchanan's song, Take Every Thought and Catch It, chuck out all of that sin, bye-bye, think about J-E-S-U-S and fix your thoughts on him, really helps children to understand their part in actively sticking with Jesus and getting rid of sinful thoughts and thinking about Jesus instead. I think it's very easy for children to think that sin is things that we do and that we say and not understand that sin actually comes from what's inside us, the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts and our thoughts and attitudes in our minds need to be ridded out and fixed on Jesus instead. So this is a really clear, simple, active way of encouraging kids to get that we need to say no to sin 
the minute that we think it before we ever do or say it. And so helpful in keeping their hearts soft and hearts that are set on following Jesus. Yeah, I hadn't heard that Colin song before, but after you mentioned it, I went and found it on YouTube and had a listen. And yeah, it's very catchy and a good way for young kids to help them understand how we need to guard our minds. So I encourage you, go check it out. And I'll put the link up on the Grow website too, so you can find it easily. Brilliant. Thanks, Olivia. I think it's a helpful rebuke for me too, (laughs) because I need to be reminded as soon as I think the thing, that's the moment at which I need to say, Jesus, take this. Help me to think about you instead. Hebrews 3 um, also involves us asking God to show young people their sin as we ask him to show us our sin and to show them more of Jesus, the one who makes us clean when we run to him. So I'd be praying that God wouldn't let any of our teens or our children act like Christians on the outside while their hearts remain hard, untouched by Christ's love for them and so not actually a part of his forever family. Tragically, I have spent time with many teens who act the part to keep their parents happy, to make life at home easier, and they don't love Jesus. I think that's a real danger we need to be praying about together. And I'd be praying too for sensitive children and teens who have tender consciences, who are petrified that their hearts are hard, or who worry that they've messed up so they're going to be out of God's kingdom. We know because scripture tells us again and again that Satan is the accuser who loves to try to undermine the absolute truth of God forever holds on those who have trusted Jesus. And we want to be encouraging those sensitive children. Yeah, it's a reminder we're in that spiritual, spiritual battle, isn't it? And yeah, I can easily think of kids in both of those categories and praying for and with the kids and teens in our church is one of the most important things we can do in pointing them to a saving and lasting relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And yeah, in the middle of this warning is the reminder to encourage one another. It's great, isn't it? And I do just want us to pray that our churches will be places where Jesus' name is on the lips of every person of every age as we interact with each other, that our families will speak about Jesus to one another every day, and that children will encourage everyone in their church family aged 2 to 102, and that there'll be real joy in building the body up as they do this. It's a delight for me to see kids um, go and ask some of the older people in church how they can be praying for them, and then to watch gospel friendships develop across generations. Yeah, that it's a, the church is an intergenerational um, family and I love that and I love yeah getting kids to actually go and ask the older people you know our kids and our teens are an integral part of the body and we need to see them as such and encourage them in this way and my girls are often encouraging me and praying for me and they'll send me little bible verses via email or write me notes and even sometimes they do that with their grandparents and yeah that's just lovely and we should be encouraging them more in that Absolutely. And for them to see that they have the capacity to encourage and cheer us on as we live for Jesus. I had a group of girls praying for me that my patience would increase. And it was so precious the next week when I came back to have one of them say, Fiona, have you managed to be more patient with God's self this week? And that that love and care and desire to see me become more like Jesus. It's what it's all about as we encourage each other daily, isn't it? Yeah, that is so true because, yeah, we're all in this together. We all need prayer. We all need encouragement, whether we are two or whether we're 102 and we can do that, yeah, for each other. 
So Fiona, can you please pray with us now as you would pray with children having just gone through Hebrews 3 with them? I'd love to do that. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are our maker, our owner, our ruler, and our provider. You are amazing. You have made us clean on the inside and call us holy. You make us part of your forever family when we trust you. Thank you. Please give us confidence that if we have made you our king, we are going to heaven to be with you. Help us to show and tell others how great you are as we live for you in our messed up world. Father God, by your spirit's power at work in us, please help us to say no to every thought, every word, every action that would make you sad, to chuck out all of that sin and to fix our thoughts on Jesus. Help us to make him number one in our lives and show us when we are loving or wanting other things more than loving or wanting him. Thank you that you speak to us from your word, the Bible. Please help us to listen when you speak, to understand and to believe the truth about Jesus and to do what you say. We want to cheer each other on as we live for Jesus so that we all keep going and keep growing till we see you face to face. Please help us to remind each other of Jesus' love for us every day so that we never forget how amazing he is. Thank you, Father God, that when we come to you and say sorry, you hear us and forgive us because of Jesus. We thank you in his precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Fiona. It's a great prayer and you've used simple language and it's easy to understand and follow and it still holds true to the gospel and um, the truths in Hebrew 3. And you haven't watered it down at all. It's not diluted cordial. <laughs> so thank you. Um, Fiona's prayer is up, will be up on the Grow website if you want to have another look at it. And so is the book she mentioned and also a link to the song. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for joining us for this Grow Chat. We hope you found it as encouraging as we did and we look forward to having you with us next time. Remember to share this episode with others and subscribe and leave us a review in your favourite podcast app.